Welcome to Alternatives to AA. This is Joshua Robinson, and I've been three years sober. And I'm Monique Robinson, and I'm two years sober. And we're here on a mission to help make the difficult journey of sobriety even easier to manage. Nobody in my world ever thought that I'd actually manage to be sober. So now we're taking what we've learned in the last decade to be able to help you too. And we're not against AA. We just need to learn how to manage the other 23 hours of the day. From communication to relationships to self-care, we're going to show you how to cope when your triggers try to take you down. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. to uncover not only how to live without alcohol, but to thrive in sobriety and to swap out your addiction for a better life with the help of Alternatives to AA. So let's go. Old, old times drinking. I no, think. no, right no. Now? Really? All no, right. the, the second time <laughs> with my arm, like I told you, I, I put my hands up to brace against the door that was swinging back to yeah. me and it was really thin glass and my hand just went through it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first time it happened, I was, it was in the morning and the person I was with at the time asked me to open up a window in the front of the house. It's an old house. Okay. So it, like the window sash, that's the sash is the part that slides up and down. Yeah. It was like painted shut basically. Right. And yeah. the windows had never been opened really, but there were, we were having like a party. There was people in there. So she asked me to open the window, mm-hmm. make sure no problem. So I'm pushing up on the window and I can't. Right. And they push it too hard. I pushed it too hard. Yeah. And I was like, Brian, don't be a pussy. Just open the fucking thing. And I went, right through yeah and i have a i have like a three inch scar on my elbow oh, man. I, I i and you can't feel it when you get cut with glass because it's so razor sharp yeah i just looked at my i looked at my elbow and it was like filleted open yeah. because when you bend your skin right that's a it was like i was like oh shit we have to go to the hospital now <laughs> <laughs> whoops i grabbed an entire roll of paper towels yeah. and we were right down the street obviously from the medical center Dude, could you imagine if I was like 30 miles from a hospital? Yeah, scary. Get out the sewing needle. <laughs> They're going to stitch you up here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was really bad. Yeah. And I, I was, and because both arms went through, but this one had like a dagger in it. And it was like, <laughs> it was oh, just wow. like, a, like a fountain, you know, it's like, Jesus Christ. We're just having a great, we're having a great day today. Like, yeah. why does it happen now? And, uh, I got to the hospital and, you know, I was in the emergency room, but I needed attention then. I, I didn't have a tummy ache and I was going to sit there for three hours until they could get to me. You know, like I was bleeding all over the floor, you know? So I'm sitting there, I'm trying to be nice and patient with the lady. And she's like, uh, do you have insurance? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, where's the card? And I was like, it's in my wallet, which is at home. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I was like, we literally insurance. rushed here. And she's like, well, we need to see your insurance card before we can. And I went like this. Yeah. I'm going to bleed all over this desk. Yeah. I need help now. Yeah. Please. I was, I was, I was in shock yeah. and I was so calm about it. And she, she looks at my arms and she goes, okay. <laughs> she called the doctor and they came out to get me. Like, I didn't want to be rude, but I was yeah. also like in a traumatic state of mind. I just wanted to be like, um, you know, yeah. I didn't though. But <laughs> if you did that, then you're like crazy oh, then I'm guy. An asshole. You're yes, big out. guys, crazy guy at the front, you know, <laughs> no, it is crazy with that sometimes. Yeah. Hospitals are weird places, dude. Oh, yeah, I would agree. So many people come in there from all different walks of life. And it's like one of the dirtiest places in the well, places you can go. Yeah. But they claim that it's super cleanly. Well, they, uh, I think the number one reason 
for emergency room visits is alcohol. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot, most of it's drug related. Alcohol, cocaine, and then um, marijuana, and then after that, it's other stuff. Yeah, like yeah. injuries and cut off your fucking foot accidentally. <laughs> yeah, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alcohol and and it's involved in like ninety or ninety five percent of all uh, crimes. Oh yeah, um, dude, so, that's the. I don't give a fuck part of it, right? It's like, oh, I'll go rob a store. That's Yeah, that's true. And also, (laughs) it's the only drug that increases uh, violence. Yeah. For your your natural, like, I did a, I did a uh, paper in college. It was a research paper. It was like a pull out of the hat type thing. Yeah. Those are the best. I had, like, one of the best writing teachers ever. Just in that one semester, it changed my entire ability to write and because we were doing like a five paragraph essays yeah two of them for each class yeah. so we're just writing all fucking day long <laughs> you know and it was always pull out of the hat yeah and it was like persuasive they call it which is where it's like okay capital capital punishment yeah make an argument for or against it yeah you just have to be like well i don't know shit about capital punishment so then you do a little research for like 30 minutes yeah. and then you write Paper about. I mean, we all know what capital punishment is. Uh-huh. Killing people that, you know, kill other people. The death penalty. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Um, you have to get your facts straight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In there. But it wasn't necessarily about the facts. It was about the quality of the writing. Gotcha. Which was really cool. And um, how, how persuasive you actually yes, were. Exactly. To convince them. Right. And um, But one of the ones that we had, I had to do was um, alcohol and um uh, road accidents. Okay. And specifically motorcycle deaths. And so I did my little research Yeah. and this one was not one of those persuasive essays. This was like a final or something that I did. It was like eight pages long. Gotcha. And it turns out that alcohol is re- is involved in like 90% of motorcycle deaths and like 80% of motorcycle accidents are of the fault of the rider are single person accidents like you missed the fucking curve or you you know it's the guy crashing into something and accidentally killing himself you know it's not because of other people on the road gotcha yeah uh, which sense. i thought was really interesting but alcohol is involved in a lot of that so you're saying like the car that crashes into the motorcycle, they were drinking. The guys. No, the 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 rider of the motorcycle, the, motorcycle the operator, yeah. was drinking, yeah. and that's how he died. I mean, I mean, it makes sense because it's you know in a car, if you crash and you're drinking, it's still a lot safer, and you can like you know I crashed multiple times like drinking and driving, <laughs> and and both times I hit into trees, and the, but the one time it was. Like I hit into the tree, but right after that tree, there was a cliff. So it was good that I hit, oh, hit into the God. tree. It was like a like a forty foot cliff, but still, that's probably enough, right? To kill you. Forty foot fall. Yeah, but um, depending, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So it's just like, um, yeah. So so you make a little mistake on a motorcycle, it's gonna, it's a lot worse than if you're in a car, right? Yeah, I'm terrified of motorcycles, dude. I, I would never get. My dad's told me so much horror stories of his friends that had motorcycles and then you know they like fly 50 feet through the air or whatever all this crazy yeah i know thanks i uh when i was in high school there was like a rash of weird like deaths that happened this one girl fell off a horse and died but this kid who had just graduated he was like 19 or 20 yeah 
he got a motorcycle at 19 or 20. Yeah. Which you should not be able to get a motorcycle till you're at least 30. Because <laughs> it's so irresponsible of a vehicle to own. You but know? then no one, no one would get motorcycles then. Yeah. Because by that time, you're like, this isn't probably yeah. a good idea. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> after your brain fully develops at like 25 or 26, you're, you're, what were you saying? The, your risk, your risk assessment, that risk assessment part of your psyche doesn't actually start to come in until your late 20s. Yeah. 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 It doesn't fully develop to like 27, yeah. but yeah. I mean, probably depends on a person, 20, like that yeah. age. But it make it makes sense because you know you know people's twenties are usually just crazy because oh, yeah. you're just going off emotions and yeah. you know you're just you can't like make any party. responsible decisions at all. No, it's it's I I see all, you see all this stuff on Instagram and just about yeah. how in your twenties you should be saving all your money. And yeah. all this stuff. I'm like, who, who, who the fuck is doing that? <laughs> no, but and no, but like for real. And I know that there are people that do do that and stuff. But then later on, they they eventually are going to act a fool for like 10 10 years it ha- it's, yeah you have to like there's certain life stages and you have to go through them you can't just cancel out your fun 20s and, yeah and like, what i'm saying it catches up to you later like yeah. you're in your 50s and 60s and then you like get divorced and yeah go to vegas and you know oh yeah crazy. i know so so the, at, at the end of that little thing i was saying was that this kid killed himself on his motorcycle at 20 yeah. he hit the back of a semi at like 160 miles an hour and pulverized himself i mean there wasn't anything left of him yeah. and i was I, that happened i was like 17 and i was like okay check that off the list we ain't getting a motorcycle <laughs> so <laughs> that's terrifying but yeah this the, the life stage thing is is a weird one right like i love cars yeah i love fast cars yeah. i have a fast car uh and i have my regular car and i've done i've exceeded the speed limit in multiples before <laughs> when i was 23 yeah now now fuck that we're yeah, doing 90 yeah, <laughs> slow you, down you, gotta, you know you got it it's a different life stage you have yeah. a kid it's not just all about you you know you can't just you don't recognize your own mortality until you have a child mm-hmm. and realize that one day that kid is not going to have you yeah so let's try to prolong that as much as far as possible i've already started thinking about that and yeah. the baby's not even here yet but it does like really make you put things in perspective like just yeah, wait till you see that little face but, but like, I'm already like so like in general like conscious of what I'm yeah. doing like what's what's right and what's wrong yeah and then that just brings it to a whole nother level right because now you got a, a I got a kid that like depends on you and thinks that they look up like to you for everything you're doing you know it's pretty crazy yeah I I it's still crazy to me yeah it's like nuts. Braxton wrote a story at school oh yeah about this Father's Day. Yeah. When I took him to the Mets game with my mom, he drew pictures. He wrote the whole thing. It's like, my dad took me to the Mets game. They played against the Phillies and the Mets won. And I really love my dad so much. And I, I, I hope I can't wait until he takes me again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. that kid loves me. Yeah. That's you cool. don't really think about it, <laughs> but it's like, I've read it. Like his mom sent it to me, uh, like some pictures yeah. of, of the, the little book he wrote. Cause I didn't, he wasn't at my house. It was, she, she had it. So she yeah. sent me the pictures and I was like, Oh my God, why am I crying on a Tuesday morning? <laughs> <laughs> because you feel your children love you unconditionally and you love them. Unconditionally. It's just like this totally. beautiful thing. Like, like just talking about 
like you know Emily, it just makes me start to like tear up. I know. I hear it. It's, it's just I know. Like, I can tell. And it's like yeah. embarrassing, but it's. <laughs> no, like, I still want to be embarrassed by it. Yeah. As soon as you become a dad, crying is just a it's natural just thing. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> but what about those dads that like, you know, in the forties they never cried about anything? What's up with that? Sociopaths. <laughs> I have no idea. We cry in like, dark. How could you? We cry in dark corners where nobody can see us. Yeah, yeah. And I just like wipe it off. I'm good. I'm good. It's like you know those videos of like the kid losing his mind when his dad just shows up from the military, like their basketball game yeah, or something yeah. like that. I can't watch those anymore. Oh yeah, it's just. It's just I just it, yeah, it just turned into a mess <laughs> because you don't you associate it with your own child. Yeah, yeah, the own experience. Yeah. yeah, or or you associate it with your own. Um, experience yeah. like okay my dad is a cyclist he's been a cyclist for 40 years and he used to do this ride called the anchor house ride okay. it started in canada in toronto i think and then they would ride their bikes over the course of two weeks in stages they would ride about 100 miles a day and so i didn't see my dad for two weeks i was like eight years old like i fucking missed him so much you know yeah and i remember um because what they used to do, they the, the ride would finish at this big ceremony in the middle of the Quaker Bridge Mall near okay. Princeton. It's in Mercer. It's it's in it's near Princeton. Those my train. Okay. Uh, so the 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 ride ends at the Quaker Bridge Mall in the center, and they have a big ceremony and everything. Because it's all for charity. You spend like you pay like five hundred bucks per rider, and then oh. they donate it to this anchor house, which is it's called the Anchor House for Runaways. Oh wow! And it was in Trenton, right next to where I used to live in Trenton. You know, they put all the bikes in the back of a rider truck and yeah. the guys get on a bus and they drive up to Toronto and then they ride back home for this charity. That's awesome. <laughs> and I hadn't seen him for two weeks and I knew that he was in the crowd because they literally ride the bikes into the mall. Right. So all the guys are in all their gear. There's all these bikes in. It's like a awesome. crazy thing. <laughs> and my mom brought me to the ceremony when yeah. the Anchor House ride ended. <laughs> and I saw him for the first time in two weeks. Yeah. And I like ripped myself away from my mom and I just fucking like everybody in my way was just, yeah. And I just walked up to him and he just picked me up with one arm and held me up. And I, I that is like a huge memory that I have of like missing this person that I just love so much, you know, and just the elation of finally seeing him again. It just, it was one of the most euphoric things ever. Yeah. So when Braxton runs up to me and he gives me a hug, he's like, dad, I love you. I'm like, yeah, shit. Yeah. Like there have been times where he can, man, kids are so intuitive. It's like, he could tell this past year that I was going through it. Yeah, for sure. He told me he loved me 5,000 times a day. (laughs) Come up to me and give me a hug. And, uh, one time I was so in my head, I wasn't even thinking, you know, I wasn't even thinking straight. And he did that. And I was sitting at the counter in the kitchen. It, it didn't mean anything to him. He just wanted to tell his dad he loved him. But at that moment, <clears throat> I needed to know that, like, I was okay. Yeah. And he walked away and I just put my head in my hands and I was just like, yeah. I just started weeping yeah. openly. And then... He, you know, it's just that connection that you have with them. And that, that was a, that was like a stressful moment. But most of the times when it comes to kids, uh, you start to get emotional for happy stuff. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. so 
fucking proud of them for who they are. And it's just, it's unreal, man. Yeah. And then you have really terrible parents out there that fucking hate their kids. <laughs> I love being a dad. So yeah, yeah. No, it took a lot for me to keep it together for that story about my dad, <laughs> oh, by the way. I, I bet. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. It's, but uh, what I was going to say about like talking about your own kid and like being proud of what they've done. Yeah. So this morning, Emily was kicking a little bit uh-huh. and oh, that's cool. And Monique's like, Oh, put your hand there. And I actually felt not just like a, the feeling of a kick, but I actually felt her foot yeah. on my hand. Oh, really? Like, yeah. And like, she was just pressing on it and yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was just like happy, like crying for yeah, a couple of minutes. Course. And it's just like, so cool. I'm like, she's such a strong kicker and all this kind of yeah. stuff like that. You're, you're going to be, crazy. you're going to be so, you're going to be going through so many emotions. Yeah. Like the entire time, <laughs> you know, like it's, there's nothing routine about having a kid and what the feeling that you're going to have and how you're going to act. And like, you know, everything, th- things are constantly changing. Yeah. You know? Every day it's just constant. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to go through, so many varying emotions and feelings of happiness and then you're also going to be like am i doing this wrong like i I can't get her him her to to stop crying like i'm a bad my bad dad father like i have and then there was a couple times with braxton where he just would not stop and it wasn't because i couldn't calm him down it's because he was sick and kids need three things they need to shit they need to eat or they need to sleep for the first like year yeah and i couldn't calm him down and all those three things weren't helping. Yeah. He didn't have to go to the bathroom. He didn't want to go to sleep and he didn't want to eat. So now you're, you feel so helpless, yeah. you know, like and the one time I had job. to walk away and let him cry and I didn't want to, yeah. but I had to close the door and walk away because you get, you, you get filled with rage, are real you, rage. Are you filled more with rage that like, that you can't do your yeah. job? And, Yes, the baby. You're like, why? You're not so, mad at the baby. Yeah, you just and you're like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. And then yes, and then some people end up throwing their baby against the wall. Shaken baby syndrome has something. that name for that reason. Yeah, so it's it, yeah, so that's interesting. People shake their babies to death because they can't get them to shut up. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, because you get you get so overwhelmed with this feeling of inadequacy and mm. like you you have a biological connection with that child. It's your responsibility to keep it alive at all costs. And you're failing at that in that moment. So you, you get overwhelmed with this so rage. Yeah. It's not towards the baby. It's towards yourself. But some people take it out on the baby. Yeah. I had to walk away a couple times. Yeah. Like what what makes me wonder is like so the people that end up, you know, being like abusive to their own kids, yeah. like what is that? Is it because they don't is it that same thing? They don't feel like that they're a good enough person or and or a parent and then they take it out on their kid, but not like they don't shake them to death, but they just instead over the years, they just oh, always take like a prolonged thing. Yeah, I, I don't think know. that feeling is so overwhelming. There's a story that I read a while ago uh, or heard it on like some true crime thing that I was into. Um, this lady drowned her baby in the bathtub because it wouldn't shut up and she killed the baby. That's how overwhelming that feeling is. So when that happens, just go outside. <laughs> Punch a pillow. I had to do that a couple times. It's almost like, from what you're describing, it almost seems like it's such an imp, like it's impulse, such an impulse yes, that and you were gonna say that. Yeah, that that it's, like you said, it's just just best. Maybe we'll have it. Maybe it won't. But you should just take yourself out of this scenario yes. before something gets escalated. More. It's okay to let them cry. Yeah, you don't want to be in there. I can I can do this. I can do this. And then you're staying in there too yeah. long, and then you're feeling worse and worse and worse. And 
more hopeless. Yeah, like when you when you're uh, something breaks, yeah, you know how to fix it. You go you go to Home Depot, come home, put a hole in the wall. You fucking yeah. you know how to repair it. Yeah. Or you go you got to go change your oil. You something breaks in your car, you know how to fix it. You're yeah. a problem solver. You fix things. You can't fix a baby that won't stop crying. And that sense that you need to fix that that you can't fix it. That's the, probably where the feeling that comes from. You just feel so helpless in that moment, yeah. you know, because you already can't do anything yeah. about it. Braxton had uh, night terrors yeah. for about six months, mm. and I was very concerned about it because that, those feelings started to come back again. He was like eighteen months old. It was like a year and a half. He's bigger now, you know. He's not a little infant. He's not eight pounds anymore. <laughs> he's uh, oh, geez, Braxton was like. 20 pounds by the time he was like three months old that kid was oh wow oh, boy he was wearing like year old stuff when he was like six months yeah he's still like a, a yeah. solid kid well now he's yeah but now he's a boy he's not not a little baby anymore <laughs> true. but uh <laughs> he was getting night terrors okay and i was all alone you know i was a single dad i didn't you know i had to figure this out on my own now yeah and i had to develop a way to control my emotions so that, because it's not about me. It's about make, making sure that he's comfortable. Yeah. Um, so what I would do when he would get these night terrors and night terrors are freaky dude, because you yeah. look into their eyes and there's nothing there. It's like, it's boy. totally blank. And I remember uh, what I would do is I would put both of his legs around my waist yeah. and then I would hold him as tight as possible on my chest just rub his back and he's just ah, ah, ah. he can't talk he's yeah. only like 18 months old they don't know how to talk like, why don't why don't they wake up from that like i don't know it's like they're, they're it's like they're blacked out but the, and then yeah, he would calm down and then he would like and he, they're profusely sweating too by the way while this is going on just like moving around yeah their body is going through something i don't know what but and then like i remember when it first happened, I felt him like his body relax. And then he was like laying on me and then he sat up and he just looked at me. I was like, you okay, buddy? This is two o'clock in the morning, you know? I pick him up, put him back in his bed, and then I went back to sleep. But that happened probably half a dozen times and I had to learn how to deal with it, you know? Yeah, so, that sounds like like just terrifying just like i would just feel like so upset about the whole thing because yeah, like it is upsetting like going through that like yeah. pain and you like you, you can't do anything about it right and so i'm not i'm not saying this so that you're fearful i'm just saying that there are going to be circumstances that are completely out of your control yeah with the baby that you have no choice but to address yeah, and that's like, the main priority. Well, look, you can't go to the gym today. Yeah. We have to go to the doctor. Yeah. I'm sorry. Everything about that kid for the first few years is it's all about them. Yeah, you know? it has to be because yeah. those are the years that he's developing. And if you're selfish and you're just trying to do your own thing and it's not it's not really the time for you to do your own thing. It's it's more of the time to just be there for your kid. Exactly. Because if you don't, then they're going to be messed up for, or they could be messed up for life. Because, like, that's, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about it, like, pretty much, like, who you are, personality-wise, is developed by, like, four or five or something. Mm -hmm. 
and you can switch that obviously, but like your general personality is who, who you are at like five and it doesn't really change. From that. Yeah. I think it, that video was uh, really good. He says you have kids, you have little kids for four years. Yeah. Because then they go off to school and they have friends and then they have, so those first four years are big. Yeah. And you have to make sure that you instill whatever discipline and whatever expectations you have for your child for the yeah for the future. starting at like six months dude yeah you don't wait till like oh well now you now you have to take on this more responsibility no you say like these are things that yeah. these are good values and this is what we do in this household exactly and, and then and then they know because a lot of these parents they don't want to tell their kids that they ever do anything wrong so the kids don't know whenever they're doing something right or wrong so if, just do whatever if you're one year like, old crazy uh, one is maybe a little early may i would say maybe two um <clears throat> you need to instill the discipline in them young and yeah. don't ever 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 lie to your kid even at two yeah don't say you can't have candy How about santa claus okay that's fine <laughs> Braxton's almost there, but besides <laughs> like, <laughs> at like two years old, if you say to the kid, you can't have candy and then they cry and they whine, they bitch and they fall on the floor and you give it, and to, you them. Give it to them. Yeah. Nope. You know, you do, you walk away. You're just rewarded bad behavior. We're there. rewarding bad behavior. Why are so many fucked up adults in this world is because we reward bad behavior. hundred yeah, percent. And I think they can do that. Outside yeah. in the real world, not just in yeah. in the family context. Yeah, because because when you're growing up, family context is a huge part of your reality. And if you think that that's normal, yeah. whatever just functions, and then you go out into the real world, and then the real world's gonna say, like, gonna, gonna give check you, you say, yeah. like, what is wrong with you? You like, can just <laughs> pout and cry, and I'll yeah. give you more money for doing nothing. You're doing the same job you've been doing for the last two years. You won't. To be paid more for, but if you did more, then maybe you'd get, <laughs> yeah. But it's just get a raise. Yeah, but dude, that's so, so rampant nowadays. I know, especially like not to be like weird or anything, but to the younger <laughs> kids out there, they just they are so spoiled. It just gets worse every generation. I think. <laughs> I think but, all previous generations <laughs> say the same thing about the generations that are ahead of them. But it's so true. <laughs> you know. But. Uh, well, last thing I was going to say about that, we don't have to talk about kids anymore. You're yeah. going to be a great dad. You're going to be just fine. And uh, But there was one time, and I do not condone hitting children ever. Yeah, I was never hit. My mom spanked me one time because yeah. I broke a window. She's like, I think I have to hit you now. She didn't want to, but she was like, I have to do something. This is what I still remember that, dude. Yeah. Oh, she she said she cried for three days after she did that. She felt so terrible because oh, really? I cried like wailing, crying. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, I'm never going to do that again. She thought she was supposed to do it. So it's, it's true. Like my mom thought the same thing. And that was the one time I ever got hit. I just, I just honestly think that especially if you're doing that a lot, it kind of teaches the kid that if somebody does something wrong, then the answer to that is violence. And that doesn't seem to be a good <laughs> way to teach a kid. You know? Or the kid knows if they're bad, they're going to get hit, but they've been hit so many times that it doesn't even mean anything. anymore. Oh, well, that's scary. 
So they're like, well, my dad's going to ground me, but, or hit me or whatever. Mom's going to break out the wooden spoon, but yeah, yeah I, I'll take a licking for this one, you know? So used to it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just go be bad. I'll go be a bad kid and then I'll get punished for it later. But at least I had fun while I had my fun, you know, you get hit either, either way. Yeah. You're going to find something that you did wrong. Yeah. So no, that happens all the time for sure. But this one time I wanted to say about the discipline thing and, and hitting kids. I, I've never, I do not condone that at all. I wasn't hit. I don't condone it. I think that mentally, mental connection with the kid and developing respect, them developing respect for you as the parent is more important than punishing them in a juvenile way for being bad. So there's one time Braxton was in this weird mode where when he would get angry, would hit me on, on my butt, right? He would just go wham, right? And it was always a joke. Yeah. It was always a joke. Oh, don't do that, you know, because, yeah. you know, whatever. It was just funny. And, um, and then he stopped doing it. But he was in this weird, like, I'm upset, so I'm going to hit. Like, he wouldn't get his way, and then he would hit. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, that was always funny when he did it, because he wasn't being a bad kid. He was just like, just Dad, around. I need your attention, you know? yeah. yeah. It was an attention getting thing, so it was kind of fun. He wasn't like doing it really hard, he just like kind no, of. No, it's like, like, yo, pay yeah, attention yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, what? What are you on? Sorry. But anyway, he was in this weird mode where he would get angry and I could see him like seething and he would hit. And uh, we pulled into HealthQuest. He did not want to go to the gym. Yeah. He did not want to go into the daycare. He was like three, probably, maybe two and a half. And, um, we got out of the car. He did not want to go. And he was still in the full seat, yeah. you know, like the, it looks like a race car seat. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I unbuckled him and I pulled him out because we, that's what we're doing. We're going to the gym. I'm not sitting at home all day with you, yeah. you know? And so, and daddy needs his, um, mental clarity for the rest <laughs> of the day. So I got to go burn off some energy and then we can, you know, whatever. Yeah. And he, he always liked being in there, but this one particular day he did not want to go. Yeah. And he got out of the car and hit me like, cause he was mad. Yeah. And I looked at him in the eyes and I said, if you hit me again, I'm going to hit you back. And he took that as a challenge. Yeah, of course. He did. So he <laughs> reared back and hit me as hard as he could. Yeah. And I just like, I swatted his arm yeah. like right, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I hit him on the butt. Nothing yeah. like that. I, I went wham and a, a smack does not feel good no. at all. And what happened? Bawling his eyes out. Oh, yeah, of course. I said, I told you if you hit me again, I was going to hit you back. And yeah. I did. So don't do that. <laughs> From that day, it never happened again. Yeah. It wasn't a punishment thing. It was a, I told you what I'm going to do if you continue this. And I did it. So yeah. when daddy doesn't lie. That's why I don't say I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was like a lesson for him that he needed to learn that lesson. Yeah. Cause it's not okay to hit dad. Yeah. And, and kids are always going to try to see, like, like you said, do it again, see what happens. And, yeah. but they're still going to push because mm. they need to see where the boundary is. And if yes. you never create a boundary, yeah. then they'll just do whatever the fuck they want. And then you're going <laughs> to exactly. be like, why is my kid an animal? Right. You know. And now what I've created not I, I'm saying I, his mom, she's a great mom too. But through that, he's such a good kid Yeah. because it was instilled in him when he was younger. Mm -hmm. 
and that there's limits that there are limits and if you want something you have to ask permission you can, you know and he just just became a great kid yeah. i'm excited to see what kind of an adult he becomes uh, he, he's such a well-behaved kid <clears throat> and he's well-behaved but also like he's just a great he's just a fun kid like, yeah he listens all around. He, yeah, yeah. He likes right. being around the bros, you know, or hanging yeah, yeah. out. He just <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Remember when we went to the races? Yeah, yeah. We were just hanging out, yeah. you know. We had such a great time. He loves that shit. Yeah, he's 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 so, great. Anyway, what's your goal for twenty twenty three? Okay, yeah, I actually wrote a couple down. <laughs> my notebook. I don't know how much longer you want this to go. I'm fine, yeah. but um, we can just keep going. And yeah, we'll probably stop in a second. Yeah. But, but I wanted to ask you that because you asked me. Yeah. So, like, so my goals, um, the one is to bench press 405 at some point in the year. Like, I got two or got uh, 360, you know, recently. Nice. But I don't know. We'll just have to see where that goes because now it seems like it's getting kind of heavy. <laughs> yeah. You just you know? you need to do more. Well, I, I don't know when you, what you do after you. More reps. Yeah. yeah. More high, high weight, high intensity reps, like eight sets of three with like three thirty. Yeah. You know? That's what it's like <clears throat> 10 yeah. by 10 Charles Paul Quinn's kind of stuff. That one's crazy. Yeah. But not um, 10 by 10. That's a great 10 by three. I mean, 10 by three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because when you're, when you're going for a one rep maximum and that's the goal, you're not going to train 12s. You know what I mean? You're not going to do 12. Maybe you do it to burn out at the end of the workout, True. but you're not. You're training max strength. You're training right? maximum strength Instead for one repetition. Like muscle mass. Because yeah. that, that's what I was trying to do, like more muscle mass, but I kind of want to do both to some extent. You'll hit 405. Yeah. Oh, I, still, like, I still think you already have it, but. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but, um, like, maybe I have the muscle mass for it, but the yeah. neural part, that's what has to get better, you know, like. Yeah, um, like you're talking about. But yeah, and then my other goal, I don't even know if I'm going to put these in here. But yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, so my other goal is to. Um, to maintain a GPA of 3.5 or above, because right now it's at uh, 3.83. Awesome. So, yeah. And um, you should totally keep it in. You're okay. talking about your fucking goal. You can be vulnerable a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my last goal, I guess, would be. Um, this is actually the most important goal and not really a goal, but just to be like, you know, the best husband and, um, you know, uh, dad that I can be yeah. in this coming year and from years to the past. But yeah, I put down like on here and, you know, I just was wanted to say that that's obviously like the main priority because if you don't keep your family uh, structured together and you're just chasing all these other things that are outside of it, and ignoring the core components, then everything eventually deteriorates. Um, so it takes a lot of dedication and responsibility to that. And you have to be aware of it. You know? Yeah. So that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, you're talking about benching. <laughs> my friend messaged me earlier because I posted a story on Instagram of my, of today. God damn, remember when you couldn't even bench 225? <laughs> yeah. There was a time when I couldn't even bench 135, right? Yeah, true. I, I hit uh, 325 today, PR. Nice. That's your most ever done? Ever. Well, I did. I hit the 330s. 
35 on a fat pad, Thompson fat pad, like oh, two okay. years ago at Chiseled. That's what I remember. Oh, that's, that's not mm-hmm. a lot. But this is a Why don't you count that? I guess I could count it. Yeah, this kind of I fine, I'll count it. But this was like on a an Alico, you know, official yeah, uh, bench. You. And uh, it was a grinder, but I did it. And I I never thought that I'd be able to do that. So, yeah. Um, but the mind's powerful. I think you got 405. Oh, you. the reason I mentioned that is because you said the neural thing. Yeah, the mind. That's what I went through today. Uh, I've never done this before. Uh, man, this is going to be hard. <laughs> and I ripped those smelling salts and nothing mattered anymore and yeah. I just went for it but you get these butterflies in your brain you start you start thinking to yourself man I've I've never done this I'm about to do something that I've never done before it's exciting and it's so exciting it's also terrifying at the same time yeah. which is I think the reason why we do this because it's yeah am I gonna get it am I not who knows yes yeah, who knows oh <laughs> Maybe. you pussy just do it and then sometimes you fail yeah sometimes you get it that I, I, I want to say that um, like anyone that struggles with alcoholism, the gym is a great place to go because just of that, you know, stimulation and not knowing and this kind of excitement, but it's, it's positive, you know, there's nothing negative about it. A lot of the people that go to the gym are there because of that. They needed a new addiction. They that, have an addictive personality, so they just needed to. Now they're just addicted to being healthy. Yeah, that's that's and strong, hundred percent. And I know other pe- uh, people like um, our friend uh, Martin. Oh that, yeah, yeah. That you know he goes to Health Quest sometimes. I actually want to get him on the show at some point too to talk to you him. Should about, yeah, because he has a good story. Um, a great story. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because a lot of times like. If you have an alcohol problem right now, like it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't like it's bad, but just know that if you can deal with that, you can take that pain and, and put it towards something good, you know, and, and really like make something meaningful instead of just yeah. hurting yourself. You know, when you, when you become positively obsessed with something, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, with all the, the workout goals, like I'm excited. <laughs> the 405. We got to get sick. you to do a meet. Yeah. Just, just squat and deadlift whatever you feel comfortable with, and then break a state record. All right. On Deal. the in the bench. Deal. That's what Mike did. Uh, okay. Mike sandbagged all of his lifts, mm-hmm. um, because we he had just done a meet. Yeah, I would love to break a state record. He did two meets back-to-back, week-to-week. Yeah. But in order for the state record to count, he had to do the deadlift and the squat. Gotcha. Yeah, he had to do a full meet. Because he wanted to break the state record in bench press, which he did, 413 pounds, which is just... Uh, what, what weight was he, 220? or was no, 198. 198. So that's crazy. Which so, is unreal yeah, it's, at a bench to do twice your body weight. He's a benching... He's machine built for it, man. And uh, but in order for the record to count, he had to squat and and deadlift. So gotcha. he just pulled like four hundred five, and then like squatted like four fifty or something like that. Yeah, something not, that he not like his yeah. craziest because his his total at the meet that we did in December was a five fifty squat, um, four hundred three bench, and a. <laughs> 
want to say he deadlifted 540, something like that. Yeah, that was last December, 2021, yeah. not this past December. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, it'll be January tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it, not three weeks ago. <laughs> but when he, did the, when he did the meet with Anthony in May, he wasn't, he wasn't, um, he was lighter. Yeah. Because in order to break the state record, he had to be lighter. Did, so he didn't weigh 220 at the meet. He weighed 200. Yeah. Because the state record is in the 200-pound class, not the 220 class. So yeah. he cut like 20 pounds of weight. So his, his lifts were a little lower. But the point yeah. was that bench record. Yeah, it's impressive. Eh? And he benched more at a lighter weight. He benched, he only yeah. benched 403 or 405, whatever it was. Yeah. At 220. Yeah. And then benched 413 at 198 pounds, which That's impressive. for anybody, it is, it's mass moves mass, right? Yep. So the lighter you are, generally speaking, the weaker you're going to be. Yeah, even if it's fat, <clears throat> it, it can make you stronger. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's that guy, Ray crazy. Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Megatron, I think, is his name on Instagram. Yep. He's. He's like almost 400 pounds. He, he, he's a fat guy. Yeah, he has some muscle on there, obviously. But obviously, because he can squat over 1,000 pounds <laughs> and benches like 650, yeah. which is is a feat in and of itself. I mean, that is just uh, it's shit that and most mortal humans will never touch. And the guy is an absolute monster. But yeah, yeah. he's got to be 400 pounds. You, you have to be 400 pounds to be able to move that kind of yeah, there's a certain you know, limit. There's a certain limit for sure. Like you're not going to be yeah. 200 lifting 600. Yeah, I I don't think anyone's ever done that. I Wait, say that again. What did you just oh, say? The, oh, I'm sorry. If someone was like 200 pounds, yeah. like bench pressing 600 raw, I don't raw, think so. No, no, no but maybe raw. with the shirts and stuff. But yeah, but raw like. Well, geared lifting used to be really popular. Now it's not anymore. Everybody lifts raw. Yeah, but true. it's it's a it's still a, a small portion of the people. Like, but for as an example, Mark Bell. Yeah, his biggest bench ever. Okay, this would be a good contrast with a shirt on, bench pressing shirt. Yeah, was eight hundred and sixty pounds. Wow, his biggest raw bench at that same time in his life. Was like four eighty five. What? Or no, no five, five, five something. It was like okay. five thirty or something like that. That's a huge difference. I know, like the one guy that the first guy to bench press three hundred pound difference just because of that shirt. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. <clears throat> I was about to say, like the, the first guy to bench press a thousand pounds, uh, Gene Ryslack, who's now uh, now dead. He died a couple of years ago. Um, uh, he yeah, he bench pressed a thousand pounds with the with the shirt on but like raw is like 700 which is still like insane <laughs> that's just like 700 pounds like yeah i know oh that's just God. that's ridiculous <laughs> i would you know i've always thought to myself all right my my total's pretty good pretty strong i wonder what i could squat in a suit would everything go up like 30 percent yeah like if i can squat 500 pounds could i squat like seven in a, in a squat suit, I think. If I mean, you squat, if you squat like let's say, that what's your max? Crazy. What's your max? Five hundred. So I can't hit five hundred tomorrow. But with a suit on, you squat like the six hundred. Probably. Like 600. Right. Like, I don't know about seven hundred. That's a. I think bench press would help me more. 
that problem with that bench press shirt. Yeah, because like if your back's really strong, you can just, you know, row it back and then it's just a spring at the bottom. So you just have to get your triceps strong because it's always just like, you know, there's a spring right here. So off the bottom, it's actually really quick. But then once you're almost at lockout, that's the problem. Because you're like, have you worn one? No, I never worn one, but I just heard of what other people have, have said. Yeah. You know, it gives you like a, and it physically doesn't allow your shoulders to go back any further. So you kind of, you kind of like lean into it. Yeah. yeah. So there's no, there's no eccentric. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. You're supporting the weight up here, but as soon as it goes down, it gets lighter at the bottom. Yeah. Because you're so you being kind of, supported by this exo and suit. That, and that kind of helps too, especially like when you have to do pause because it's not really that hard right there. Yeah, you're just, you're just like a compound there. bow, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like loaded. Okay. That's it's a good ready, way. To yeah, look at it. yeah. It's ready to it's go. Ready to look at it. Yeah. And then it springs off. Yeah. So, and those types of things like the, um, the sling bench thing, slingshot, slingshot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That seems like I got one. I think that seems like okay. a good idea to use once. Ooh, I want to try that. Yeah. For like, the, like, okay. So I did three twenty five, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe with the slingshot, I could hit like 300 for like two or three. Uh, and then, definitely. And then maybe it would actually increase my maximum one rep yep. because I'm moving that heavier weight. Your mind's more used to it. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with like even you can like lock out a weight, you know, like yeah. lock out. Let's say you hold like just 350 for like 10 seconds and then put it back. So like yeah. next time when oh, you bring out yeah. 300, you can do that and, <clears throat> and then like rest like, uh, like three to five minutes. So you're fully rested. Yeah. It doesn't affect you anymore, but your neuro, um, like excitement's up a little bit more so you can get more in, uh, you can recruit more, uh, motor units. Mm-hmm. So the next time, like, so now you put like 300 on, it feels like nothing, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You can do like maybe one more rep or a little heavier. It's, yeah. It's like. Okay, so today my workout was I I didn't expect to do that, but I was feeling frisky, yeah. so I did it. I <laughs> uh, went for it, I got it, and then I went back down to uh, fifty three yeah. and did like three sets of five, which I I can't really do that. Yeah, if I just went up to two fifty and tried to do three sets of five, I wouldn't be able to do it. But since I was yep. sixty pounds higher than that just a couple minutes ago, yeah, it, it moves easier. So yeah. you're still doing the same work. But your perception of the weight is different because you've already been up here and now you're yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. Instead of just gradually going up to that point and then stop, you go that. past it and yes. then you come back. I think it usually moves <clears throat> way better. And it doesn't have to be like a crazy, like, it doesn't have to be like 100% max. It could be like a 90% max. Yeah, yeah. And that still like gives you, okay. And then you go back and mm-hmm. like you said, like, it's easier to hit like that amount of reps or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting, and so I did that. What I was going to say with the four hundred five with you, yeah. we should do we should do an assisted eccentric with four hundred five. Yeah. So unrack it, and then I'll just <clears throat> I'll spot you. Yeah. And then when you get to the bottom, we'll just we'll just pick it up off your chest. Yeah. No, that makes sense. We can have two people on the sides too, <laughs> right? And then we'll just once you get to the bottom, you're going to press obviously. Yeah. But it's only going to feel like maybe. 250 or something like that. Cause we'll just lift the weight off you, Yeah, but you can do an eccentric with the four or five because the gravity is going to help you. Right. Yeah. You're not gonna be able to push it No, but you can at least support the weight. So that way in your mind, you know that your, your frame, your muscles, your body yeah, can, can support handle. that. Yeah. It's like doing a rack pull. 
Like I could do like a 685 pound rack pull. I can't deadlift 685 pounds though. Yeah. But I know that my body can support that weight. Now it's just a matter of getting it off. I'll probably never deadlift 700 pounds. <laughs> That'd be crazy. But I do want to do 600. Yeah. Which I think I'm capable of right now. Is that the goal for this year? But that's the neural thing. Yes. I don't want to try it today. I don't know. I don't know. So I have to pick like a day that I'm going to do it. Yeah. So like with you, with the bench, I think that's a good idea. I think we should do a eccentric with some yeah. heavier weight. That'd be sick. And it would be before I, <laughs> this is an old thing to say, but <clears throat> before I ever squatted as much as I have, I used to do box squats. Yeah. So that I didn't have to support the weight at the bottom. And I remember I was doing like 495 for like sets of like two or three. Yeah. So I knew that I could support my, I knew that my body could support the weight, but without that bench at the bottom supporting me sitting down with it, there's no way I was going to stand back up with it, you know, but I was training my body to be used to supporting that weight and it helped me get over the mental aspect of it. Yeah. The, the, yeah, I forgot about, well, you never forget about box squats, but it's, it's an interesting tool to use. Well, guys that lift in gear use box squats because it, mimics the behavior of the of what the suit does yeah but it's it's still like because you sit into the suit in the same way that you sit into the to pad yeah do, but do you think it's helpful for like someone that doesn't use a suit or mm. or because of the heavier weights yeah, probably like, but not as useful obviously. but um louis simmons was obsessed with box squatting yeah that was like his primary squatting was box squats yeah I, I but he trained geared lifters, not raw lifters. So I mean, yeah. mainly geared lifters. Yeah. So that's a it's a different philosophy because you're using equipment. It's a different mo- movement. And also, you <clears throat> like when you use the equipment, you're using heavier weight, but because there's so much supportive stuff, you recover actually quicker. Yeah. So like they could do more workouts and something that they used to max out every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> They're nuts. But it worked. <laughs> it worked. And I am maxed out today, but like I do I usually will go. If I'm gonna bench the heaviest I'll go is like two eighty five. Yeah. Or like a single and then I'll do like two fifty. So as, as a as a ratio of like my capability, that's probably only about seventy five or you wanna train in that seventy to ninety percent range. Yeah. And you wanna less. you wanna undulate that as you go right so that you can like progressive overloading right that's the yeah. philosophy that's what i use because it helps me tremendously it's like you're going to go up and then you're going to come down a little you're going to dip down a little bit and then you're going to go up a little harder than the first time yeah. for eight weeks or so yeah and then you're going to test your strength at week nine and then you're going to rest for the, that following through well not rest but you're going to you're going to do like six you're going to be in the 60 to 70 percent range yeah so yeah, it is interesting because, like you said, anything less than 70%, like once you're lifted for a while, is kind of, it doesn't do much, but there, there's certain things it can do, right? So, like, yeah. for like not so much max strength, but for getting more blood in, in the muscles and stuff like that, which can help with recovery. And, and sometimes those, those high end reps at the end of the workout are actually what's going to build the size of your muscle. Those yeah. are the size builders. Yes. Cause like everything else is already like, like all your, all your muscle fibers have been like stressed so much. Yeah. So then sometimes when you push high rep, it activates certain uh, motor units that usually aren't activated. 
exactly. unless like super stressed out to like, okay, activate this guy, even though he hasn't been yeah. doing anything for a while. So if I do like a typical squat bench or deadlift workout and I do all my working sets and my highest working set will be like on like a squat will be like maybe 350, like three sets of five or something like that. Yeah. Um, and some weeks it'll be like four or five for six sets of two. You know what I mean? Gotcha. But if I put 275 on the bar at the end of the workout, which is like, you know, that's just warm-up weight. Yeah. And I try to do 10 reps, I would have failed before I even get to like eight because I'm trashing my muscles at that point. Yeah. Even though the the, the weight is lower, I'm doing more repetitions of it. Yeah. And it's, it's like you said, it's, everything's like fried already. <laughs> yeah. You're totally fucking gassed. <laughs> like if you do it in the, <laughs> the beginning of the workout versus doing that, it's like, the difference could be like 50% yeah. out of reps or yeah. Like today I did, I did, I did the, the, the single and then I did the three set, the four sets of five, two fifty, And then I put like one ninety on the bar <laughs> and I tried to do two sets of 10. I couldn't do it. Wow. That just, that shows that you're actually working out yeah. to like <laughs> to the maximum of what you should yes, be to the apex of yeah. my energy level. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And That's then great. that one, the one eighty five, I got like, I did 10 and then I got to like six on the second set and I was like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm out of here. Yeah, when it drops that drastically <laughs> from set to set, it's like, but that's the theory of literally going to failure. Yeah. Yeah. For right? sure. Literally, literally failure. I, I mm -hmm. think, I don't know. I'm, I'm of that like class that thinks that that's the way to go. Yeah. Me too. Like, you have to do that sometimes. I don't get these people that are saying like no failure. Like I think that you crazy. I don't mean yeah, and I think people have a weird perception of what you mean when you say failure. Yeah, that's true. That people Go until you have expended all of your available energy for that day. We're not that's you just true. deadlifted three hundred pounds yesterday. We're not gonna put five hundred pounds in the bar, you can't do it, you're gonna fail. That's yeah. not that kind of failure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes I think when people think failure, they think that you have to like, you're trying to max out and increase the weight every time. But that's not the point. Failure means your energy level of, of failure. And you should only fail with like 50%. You don't want to be failing with like 90% weight. Oh, yeah. You're going to fail hard. <laughs> I mean, shit, dude, if I tried to squat 405 for 10, I'm going to fail at that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'll probably fall over before I get to like five or so. I might be able to eke out a sixth one, but I'm not going to do 10. I'm going to fail. Yeah. That's the wrong kind of failure. Gotcha. Cause you're trying to do something that you're just not capable of. Yeah. Yeah. You're capable of like today, you know, I only got to six on the second <laughs> one was only 185 pounds, but uh, that's real muscle failure. Yeah, because you just don't have the energy left anymore. You're done. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's like so most people. That's why they need more sets because yeah, um, it's hard mentally to reach failure in one set. And that's what next step. Even, bodybuilders train at like lighter weight with high reps, right? They do like yeah, sets of fifteen sets. and twenty. Yeah, because yeah. like it's really because like the first. Yeah, you can like ha be having hard sets, but every set you do, especially for like bodybuilding stuff, which is kind of what I do more of. Um, but yeah, like it's more, it's kind of boring, but the pump's better. Like, because right. sometimes like you want to just like go 
all in the first yeah. set. But if you do that for bodybuilding, then you're like, yeah, you're just trashed. And then yeah, it's hard with to, bodybuilding, the idea is to tear those muscles just to, to make the them most bigger. Yeah, not necessarily to make them stronger, but to make them bigger. Yeah, so, so that's the point. Cause a lot of damage every time. Yes. So it's more just about just beating the crap out of your muscles every yeah. time compared to like if you put a bodybuilder and a powerlifter next to each other, you'd be looking at two drastically different people. Yeah. But the powerlifter is going to be way stronger than that bodybuilder. Usually. Usually. Because it's weird they get like, yeah, we're going to say that I'm going to go with you. We're not talking about Ronnie Coleman. He's a yeah, freak. Yeah, there's freaks that are, that are super strong, like powerlifter strong, but also have yeah. the muscle. Power belt. building, they call yeah. it. Right? But no, I agree. Like it's, it's just totally different. And I love like pushing it to a limit, but I also want to gain muscle. So like, exactly. so I'm trying, so I'm trying to do both to a certain extent. Yeah. But you can only really focus on one. Like, yeah. So like the training to be strong for a competition, the whole goal is to be strong. It doesn't matter what you look like. Yeah. Training to be big for a body lifting, body lifting, yeah. <sighs> body lifting, <laughs> bodybuilding show well, I, is so aesthetic right so the whole point is symmetry and size and making sure that your the, the, the your delts match your lats and your lats match your abs and your glutes match your thighs right yeah. everything so, has to be symmetrical it's an it, it's an art form and that, yeah. that's why i like it because i've always done art since i was a kid and you know now it's like i can kind of do that though i'm not like super lean stuff but i'm still like building the, well, the, whole, the yeah, your, stuff but yeah. yeah, it's 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 fun. It's like what Arnold said in uh, what's that movie? Benign. I think my brain power is decreasing yeah. rapidly. <laughs> it's okay, me too. He said, uh, "You treat your body like a sculpture. Yeah, and if you if you need more delts, you take some more clay yep. and you put some more clay on the delts. Yep. We're 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 building a statue here. So if you need more upper pec, you just take some clay and you put the clay on the upper pec. Yeah, and that's how we." treat bodybuilding but that's why it's so insane to me because like i don't think about like the size of my like lower pec and my lap i just want to be strong <laughs> so if i had to concentrate on like okay today i'm going to work like just these two muscles right and then the next day i'm going to work just like you know you're going to isolate all these yeah, things just back one day today i'm building day. my back tomorrow i'm building my shoulders the next day i'm building my my hamstrings yeah. and my glutes, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know if I would be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, it's funny because that's how I, I trained like both powerlifting and the limp. Well, I've done the Olympic lifting kind of stuff for like a year uh. and powerlifting. But most I've done is, is like bodybuilding. Yeah. And I like that because for me, I'm able to just like go, my mind is able to go into the muscle and just like be there. And it, that's cool. It's yeah. And it's just like, it's just cool. Just like almost like inner peace kind of thing. In I a, guess in I didn't even look that. It's like you have like a relationship with, with like the muscle your, your body in that way. Yeah. So you're like, you're like connecting with it. Mind like, muscle connection. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So for me, it's that, that connection that I get with my own body and we like communicate. Um, and it's just, it's like, it's totally different from yeah. powerlifting. But what I love about powerlifting is the, the ability to express just your total strength. Like, you know, 
the video will probably yeah, stop. No, I, I, no I, I wanted to make sure it was still going. No, it's okay. But yeah, but like you said, like with powerlifting, the whole goal is strength because that's what you get, you get judged on. Uh, but yeah, the whole point, like you have two people that are in the gym doing, we're in the same place with the same goals. Yeah. But the but the end goal, end game is drastically different. One yeah. is to be as strong as possible. The other one is to be as symmetrical and build as much as possible. Yeah. Which makes it interesting. Yeah, that's what makes it so cool. Yeah, no, I agree. And then you got like people like Olympic lifters too. Yeah, that's different. You got people doing, you know, plyometrics, like sports training stuff. That guy Craig, he does uh, mainly Olympic lifting. He's kind of yeah. transferred into power lifting, and I'm trying to get him to do me. But he, so when you bring it up to your, you bring it up to here, mm-hmm. and then you do like a split and push it over your head. What was that called? Jerk? Clean and jerk. Yeah, yeah. He did a 335 pound clean and jerk. Oh, wow, that's a couple crazy. years. So I was like, I, I could not imagine throwing, putting 330 pounds on my chest, much oh, less like a, throw. I'll put it on my back, Yeah, but I'm not going to push it over my head. Yeah. That's insanity. It, that is I, It's so impressive. <clears throat> that's nuts because that means that his deadlift, like usually you deadlift, it, it depends, but a lot of people will deadlift like, like 650 pounds if they had a 325 pound clean and jerk because they usually can oh, okay. do like half the amount for the clean. Yeah. But it's like you that's r- crazy. Ripping it off the ground and then yeah. catching it with your shoulders and your chest in a squatted position. And then you have to squat that weight up and stand there and then throw it over your head. I've done 250 when that's I weigh like 180. But yeah, it's, it's some crazy stuff. It's really crazy. But so. it doesn't build like any muscle. So, like, I did that for a whole year, and, like, I looked exactly the same. But okay. I was getting yeah. really explosive and stuff, but... Yeah, well, that's kind of... That's one of the side effects of strength-only training is that you're getting stronger, but your your muscles are physically getting stronger, but, but they're not so, getting any bigger. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> what is the point? Because for me, I have to, like... Yeah, you're you, know, kind of, you like the, the, the visual aspect, yeah. obviously. We all, we all do. Yeah. I, I like the visual aspect of looking like a strong guy. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's, that's just a side effect of the... Yeah, you know, the whole reason. But anyway, so All right. <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks for listening to Alternatives to AA. If you would like to contact us directly, please shoot us an email at alternatives to AA 2021 at gmail.com. We also hope that you continue to join us on Mondays at 6 p.m. You can watch us live on YouTube. You can subscribe to us that way as well. You can leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Spotify. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please leave a rating and an honest review. We'll see you next week. Bye.